Today's episode is brought to you by Manchild Collectible Storage Solutions. Are you a grown-ass man who still feels the need to collect and display plastic representations of your favorite fictional characters? Are you sick and tired of your 10-year-old niece visiting and taking them out of their pristine packaging and, God forbid, playing with them? Well, Manchild Storage Solutions has you covered. Manchild have been creating custom shelving for several months now, specifically designed to fit in even the smallest bachelor flats, providing maximum space for all your plastic superhero friends. Visit IamAManChildGimmeGimmeGimme.com slash SkinnerDReconsidered and receive an exclusive free nautical-themed shelving unit to replace your current bathroom vanity mirror. Because, come on, who needs to take a long look in the mirror anyway, right? Manchild Storage Solutions. Ooh, child. Okay, now that that's out of the way, let's talk some hard drugs, kids. Turn it up. Alright, welcome to Skinner Reconsidered, the only Leonard Skinner podcast that has allowed this clown to jump into its feed and talk about one of the greatest rock outfits to rise from the South. Leonard goddamn Skinner, son. I guess I should introduce myself to the group here before the lynching commences. <laughs> I'm just kidding, of course. My name is Rye, and I'm a simple man too, just like you, baby. <laughs> Today, we're all going to check into the Give Me Three Steps program at the Freebird Clinic. You see what I did there? I'm already on brand, right? The song we're covering today is all about the big come down. We'll be digging into the needle and the spoon, both of them. <laughs> so hopefully you hang in there with me. I'll try to keep it tight for you. Actually, briefly now, before I get too deep into it here, I have to tell you how this whole guest hosting deal came about, because it's kind of a trip in itself, man. I better keep my voice low, too, because there's still an unwanted house guest here in my gaff in Ireland. I don't want to wake him. So I'll start by mentioning that I'm actually the host of another band-specific podcast, very similar to Skinner Reconsidered, one focusing on the output of the band Black Sabbath. Maybe you've heard of them. A podcast called Sabbath Bloody Podcast, and you can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, all those places. Check it out if that interests you at all. But anyway, as I was saying... A while back, I received an email, about two months back or so, from a ClarenceDog69 at yahoo.org. Dog was spelled D-A-W-G, by the way. So I thought nothing of it. At first, I thought it was just spam for sure. I mean, here, let me read a little bit for you so you know what I've gotten myself into here. Okay, so ClarenceDog69 writes, Dear podcast provider, I am a philanthropist. And philanthropist is spelled with Y's in place of the I's there. I don't know what that's about, but... I'm contacting you with a business venture that I think would benefit you greatly. My mother has recently passed away, and I've come into a large sum of money. Anyway, your man goes on and on. I'll spare you a full read-through of the email. But the gist of it was, apparently, he is the producer of this world-renowned podcast about one of my favorite bands, Leonard Skinner. And his regular host was opposed to covering a deep track on the band's sophomore album that heavily references illegal narcotics as it's his intention to kind of keep the show family friendly. So anyway, this Clarence fellow here, he offered me the spot to step in and cover the needle and the spoon here today because my podcast is marked as explicit, so he figured that I'd know all about hardcore drugs. And all I had to do was to forward my bank details over to him, fly him over here to Ireland, provide accommodation and food for his stay, of course, and then he would do the rest. And obviously, 
That deal sounded great to me. I mean, I've never worked with an actual producer, so I was excited. So I punched my bank details in for Clarence, booked his flight, cleared out my daughter's nursery for him to stay in. And here we are today, finally recording the episode. Now, like I said, I'm a simple man. I've never done a podcast with a real producer. If you go check out my show, it's very just DIY. So this is really exciting for me. But you know, now that I'm in it here, I have to be honest. Like Clarence hasn't done much since arriving here in Dublin. He has drank a lot of Guinness. And he requests cash from me daily for research material, he says. In fact, whenever he's back here at the house, like he is right now, he just locks himself into my daughter's room and howls a lot in there and then just passes out for the day. And also, all my spoons are missing from the utensils drawer. Strange. I'll be honest, Freebirds, I'm beginning to suspect that this podcast isn't going to see the light of day, but oh well. He has forced me to listen to an amazing song on repeat for the last two weeks, so I've gathered some thoughts on it that I'd like to share with you right now. So let's just get into it, shall we? The Needle and the Spoon. Yeah, right off the bat, you can hear that multi-layered guitar work that makes Leonard Skinner so good. Just classic Skinner riff to start off. And that would be Alan Collins, I believe, there. Correct me if I'm wrong, Freebirds, but I think he takes the majority of the rhythm tracks. That's what I've gathered from the show here anyway, but he's the riff beast of Skinner, right? And then behind his killer riff in here, listen to that magic. That's Gary there hitting some harmonics. Ooh-wee! Got a good one today, Freebirds. I gotta let it roll a bit here for you. Okay, just an incredible track, right? They roll fast here. The Skinner lads don't waste any time finding that hook in this song. I mean, how do you not shake your butt to that hot southern riff in there, right? And Ronnie laying that chorus in so nicely. That's really the best part of Skinner for me. They always have busy riffing going on in the verse, chicken picking, if you will, all kinds of guitar swagger. You can hear those little tails that Gary adds in, the pinch harmonics at the end. This is classic Skinner 101, man. Love it. Those tales he does, they're never quite the same either, so it keeps the song fresh on repeat listens. And the lyrics on here, are they autobiographical? Maybe. We'll see what the Freebirds say later on, of course, when we go over to songmeanings.com. But from what I gather, it's a young lad returning home after a month abroad, 30 days, 30 nights. And I always thought it was attributed to kind of Ronnie going on tour or whoever wrote the lyric. Let's be honest, some of those lads were already pretty much junkies at that point too. I just attributed 30 days, 30 nights to like a band's touring cycle. Naturally, with Skinner, it it always feels like it's coming straight from the source. Like It's that brutally honest kind of down-home appeal that really shines in their early work. And it kind of resonates. It's refreshing in rock for that time. It always sounds like it's coming straight from Ronnie's recollections. It never sounds phoned in like your Bon Jovi's and the likes. You know, like at least Prime Skinner did. Let's look at the lyrics here as they were written. Not written, as... Ronnie famously never wrote down any of his words, but 
So here's how somebody transcribed them on the line here. 30 days, Lord, and 30 nights, I'm coming home on an aeroplane flight. Mama waiting in the ticket line. Tell me, son, why do you stand there crying? So he switches lines there from first person to the mama talking. That's cool storytelling there. I used to always think it was mama waiting in the chicken line. (laughs) I don't know why, but that was just what I heard. And then our antihero's big declaration comes on the chorus. It was the needle and the spoon and a trip to the moon took me away. Took me away. Uh Uh-oh, so little Sonny Boy's been dabbling in the smack here. You all know what the needle and the spoon represents, right? Like, literally represents. Well, for the less street-smart freebirds out there, it's a reference to a drug called heroin, which you cook up in a spoon before you inject it into your veins. So... The son is confessing to his mama that the hand of doom has got a hold on him. Let's see how the story pans out here, shall we? All right, so in case you're spacing out here, me and... <laughs> Now your one is getting kind of dope sick. I've been feeling so sick inside. Gotta get better, Lord, before I die. Seven doctors couldn't help my head. They said, you better quit, son, before you're dead. It took seven doctors to figure out the heroin's bad for the guy? (laughs) I guess that's the Southern Medicare for you. See, it's not all trips to the moon and fun. This is turning into kind of a Neil Young cautionary tale, right? I've seen the needle and the damage done. <laughs> Uh-oh. Is that sacrilege there? To mention Neil on a Skinner podcast? Well, I love them both, so shoot me. But really, don't. Please. <laughs> I assume the Ronnie-Neil feud will be discussed in full in other episodes this season. It's really like the OG version of those hip-hop West Coast versus East Coast beefs that went on in the 90s. North and South in this case, Neil being the proud Canuck that he is. Let's keep it on track here. This is a very structured and quick song. You know, riff to verse, bridge to chorus, verse to chorus, little guitar solo. And yeah, sure. I mean, Ronnie's rhyme scheme is pretty straightforward too. But it's Leonard Skinner, guys. It's not Leonard Cohen here. Still firmly in their wheelhouse. I mean, if you look album to album, they always got at least one of these cautionary tale tracks on there. It might even be in the same slot on each album. In second here, where was Poison Whiskey on the debut? Let me see. Okay, yeah, third track on the B-side, just like this one. So yeah, the exact same slot as Needle in the Spoon. So goddamn, folks, did I just stumble on the Da Vinci Code here? Is there a formula to this amazing band? Okay, I gotta jump ahead, because I think Whiskey Rock and Roll is in that slot too on Nothing Fancy, right? Let's see. Oh no, it's the closer on that album, but still, deep on the B-side. Okay, maybe it's just a coincidence that the first two albums hit with the drug PSA at the same time, but let's burn down the rest of this track, shall we? I'm kind of rambling here. Oh, and a really great callback to that great harmonic part from Gary at the beginning. I love this bridge. Yeah, that's shit hot, son. Oops, can I say shit on here? Well, Clarence can clean that up if he wants. Honestly, though, this little wah-wah solo, this is kind of the weakest part of the track for me. It's a little wanky, isn't it? He just is rocking the wah up and down. If you're going to use a wah pedal, you got to 
dirty up that tone some, just let it scream. Ooh, but I do like that little Thin Lizzy guitar harmony there, though. This song is full of great little moments in there. All Skinner is, really. I mean, how can it not be? You got three world-class guitarists, Alan, Gary, and Ed, all in one band, all respectful of each other's space, too, which is pretty impressive. So some great atmospheric parts played behind the lead riffs. Like, you could end up with like a total mess if all the guitarists were competing for attention, but that ain't the case. They're just brilliant together. Okay, so this is the best part of the song for me anyway. I love this. Listen to this on headphones too, man, because there's some magic in this little transition here. Hey, did you catch that in there? Ronnie with the reverbed out panning vocal. The Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know. And, and then the outro lead guitar comes in with the exact same tone on the same channel and kind of pans back in. Huh, damn, <laughs> that is cool. I love little studio bits like that. It's like ear candy. Just seamless, too. The outro solo is fantastic as well. Way better than the main wah-wah one. And there it is, needle in the spoon. So now, before I give it a rating, I've been given some more copy here to read. So, Ooh, child. Man-child storage solutions. Manchild Storage Solutions delivers bespoke encasements for your valuable collectibles to help perpetuate your stifled development not only as a man, but as a human being in general. We'll even send over a technician who can actually swing a hammer and put up the unit for your wimpy ass. They're designed to fit your living conditions and go around your existing hot plates, microwaves, replica sword collections, and yes, even your prized Murphy bed. Visit IamAManChildGimmeGimmeGimme.com slash Skinner Reconsidered, and today only, you'll receive a limited edition Doctor Who bedspread, single size only, because who else is going to get in bed with you? Ooh, chow, man-child storage solutions. Okay, well, the podcast must be legit if they have these sponsors in place, right? So that's reassuring. So needle in the spoon, classic Skinnered for sure. I will give it 4.5 Skinners out of 5. It's only knocked down a peg because of that wanky solo that Collins lays in with a wah-wah pedal. That's kind of silly. But the outro solo is a redeemer, so only a half point off on this one. Otherwise, I would have given it a five. I'm a little bit easier on tracks than the simple man who usually hosts this track. I'd say this song is one that I'd play for folks who are like, I love Sweet Home Alabama, but I haven't heard anything else. It's a good second or third track to show them, to keep them on board with the band. Because, you know, you don't want to hit them with give me back my bullets or poison whiskey. That might just lead them to believe that this is just another redneck band with those titles. There's already enough of that stigma around them with the Confederate flag imagery and all that stuff that comes with Leonard Skinner. But they certainly are not that. A lot of people are turned off of Skinner by the fan base and the imagery. I know I would have been too if that was my first exposure to him. But luckily for myself, just like your regular host here on the show, it was my dad that got me into them first through his record collection. So it was just straight up... the music, and the album covers, of course. He had the pronounced LP on vinyl, I think, with the cigarette pack on the back. And I think he also had just like a greatest hits thing on tape. And he would crank Freebird from time to time between his Bob Dylan and Gordon Lightfoot albums. 
My dad's like the furthest thing from a redneck. He loves Neil too. I get the impression that in the 70s, Leonard Skinner was more respected as just like a solid band, not just a bro country rock that came with all the associations with kid rock. And I always thought that there was something really special about them too, like something that set them apart from the jam bands of that time. This amazing kind of poppy symphonic lift throughout a lot of their music that really translates well on vinyl too. So when you're taking in these tracks proper with like a two-sided journey and the compositions and the sequencing of these songs, they just send you. Not only that, but when you get really deep into Skinnerd, there's also this plethora of like stripped down, twisted blues standards and some just balls out, red hot soul music. There's a lot more to them than Coors Light Presents Redneck Jam Band, as they are often labeled. So let's take a minute here and hear what the Freebirds are tweeting about this cut in particular, the needle and the spoon. Good old boys on songmeanings.com. Are they getting the message? Let's find out here. Here you go. Carlos21 writes, heroin? Question mark. Well done, Carlos. I think you got it there. Well, we don't have to look at any more of these, right? No, here, I'll find some more takes on them, but I think Carlos gets it. Skinnerd Boy writes, another great Skinnerd song. He spelled Skinnerd wrong, by the way, for shame. Skinnard with an A? Come on, blasphemy. He spells it right in his handle, too, Skinnerd Boy. Come on, get some consistency, son. Another great Skinnerd song. Surprised at the number of comments. I think it's about how he lost so many of his friends to drugs. Kind of hypocritical for Skinner to be writing an anti-drug song, though. Really? Is that hypocritical? Like, wouldn't the people taking all the drugs kind of know the badness of it, too? I don't know. Is it, like, ironic, maybe? <laughs> Isn't it ironic? So, yeah, I'm Canadian, too, so I don't even know the proper meaning of the word uh, ironic, based on the Alanis Morissette song, of course. Anyway, let's move on here. CT Diddy 2K7 writes, This song is not specifically about heroin. It's more of a slow down before you're dead rock star song. To which J-N-S-N-O-N-B-R-D replies, Ha ha, it's definitely heroin. The needle and the spoon? They weren't exactly subtle about it. Really? Are these the conversations that people need to have on this? About the meaning of this song? Jesus, I thought I was a simple man. Okay, Here's one last one. This one actually relates to some history of the band, not just reading the title of the goddamn song and saying, I think it's about some kind of needle, perhaps a spoon. <laughs> so Jay Markell writes, This song was about Ed King leaving Skinner for the first time. He left during the torture tour, as situations and his drug use, heroin mostly, began to overwhelm him. He knew that he wouldn't survive if he continued on the road with Skinner. Ronnie wrote the song inspired directly by King's Departure. There you go. That sounds more legit to me. And it's no secret that these lads lived hard right up into the tragic plane crash. And they were well aware of the lifestyle catching up to you. And so on that note, let's get out of here. Hopefully you'll have me back again sometime here and keep diving into some tracks. This was a blast, actually. And go over and check out my pod, Sabbath Bloody Podcast, for more from myself. And follow this show, Skinner Reconsidered, on all the socials and stuff that Clarence has set up for him. Email the simple man himself at skinnerdreconsidered at gmail.com. And listen to goddamn Leonard Skinner. Okay. Bye-bye, baby. It's been sweet love. Oh!